When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. We want to, of course, thank our wonderful sponsor, ETB Games, who brought us into the show with a wonderful advertisement. And, of course, if you are interested, you can check their link out in the description down below. We also want to thank our other sponsor, Gem Accessories. You can see their commercial on our Friday's episode. They also have a link down below with a discount code, the Top Cut for 10% off your first order. And our regular sponsors, Millennium Threads, as well as... Um, Millennium Threads also a discount code for 10% off. That's down mm-hmm. there, too. And Dragon Shield and TCG Player, we have affiliate links for both. All you have to do is click them before you shop, and it will help us out personally. Now, the other way that you can support the Patreon, if you would like to pay a little bit extra to support us, is by doing Patreon. <laughs> so, I am Sunny. I'm here with my co-host, Caleb. Yo. And, of course, let's thank all of our wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to... Cam Yang, Top Cuts Trouble Sunny, and Caleb, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Zyphris, Yeet Defeat, AD, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best flood game. Best one. Okay. So there's 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 some uh some context here. This particular patron just won our top cut podcast remote duel invitational. Congratulations. Yeah, with Black Wings. With they won with Black Wings and Silverwind the Ascendant was the final card that put the nail in the coffin to win game three of finals. Yep. Glorious stuff. Full armor master is a heck of a card. Yeah. Apparently. So Alright, then we have Earth Machine Best Deck. Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber? I am McLinkin I am McLincoln, Jared Helton. Draw Monster Cardo! Apparently it's an anime reference to the subbed version of the anime. I yeah. was unaware of this. Yeah. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game is a Floodgate, Rudolph Sprite Farter. The Top Cut Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mystic Mine. <laughs> I don't boy, tell Caleb these names before we start. Boy, I wish. Oh, man. Unbanned number 95, Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Rogue, and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck. Fair. We covered that. Yeah. 
Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Brandon Potter, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Drink Every Time Sunny Disagrees with Caleb, Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Jerry Beans, Man, King, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pincode 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster Did Nothing Wrong, Slaking It Up, Sunny is a Freaky Worm Guy, and Vampire Fraulein's The Only Waifu a Person Should Have Isn't That Right, Sunny. Why isn't why isn't it isn't that right, Caleb? He's here too. He has opinions on waifus as well. Mm-hmm. Why why am I getting called out and targeted here, huh? What's this about? Anyway, all right. So, as I said at the top, we do want to, of course, thank everybody that participated in our invitational. Now, let's let's temper expectations here. It was it was not a huge tournament. We had yeah, yeah. we had ten people. But that is something, and mm-hmm. it is still worth uh, the pride of entering and playing and winning this event. And I am so very thankful for everybody that played in all the remote duel tournaments that were happening weekly. For all the people that came out and played in the Invitational. Uh, seriously, thank you so much. And a huge, huge thank you goes out to our moderator team that have been not only doing judging and judge calls for the remote duel tournaments, but they've also been running the tournaments for us because to be completely honest, we are two extremely busy individuals mm-hmm. and especially uh, Reno Kujika in the server. One of our moderators, actually an admin in the server. He not only runs all of the remote duel tournaments, he also designed modeled and 3d printed and is currently painting and doing all the detail work on the invitational trophy so please give it up for reno we really do genuinely appreciate you thank you so much for all that you do and thank you to the entire moderator team for helping out constantly with the server and everything else speaking of if you are not in the server it is growing by leaps and bounds and we would love to have you in there we have everything that you could ask for. We have channels where you can come in and ask your mailbag questions. Newbie people can ask newbie questions and be promised no judgment, no criticism, nothing like that. A question is a question and it needs an answer. So be sure to join our Discord server and we are always here to help and always here to uh, be kind and loving people. So mm-hmm. now we have a new segment that we want to start. Caleb doesn't know about it because I didn't tell him. Yeah. We I clicked the record button and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, Caleb, I'm start I'm doing a new segment today that I'm not telling you about. So Caleb has not heard this. This is the first time. I want to do I want to do a kitty corner. A kitty corner? Yes. So I would like to, when something funny happens, I would like to tell a story about my son. Because this is hilarious. Okay. And you're going to get a kick out of this. And the people listening, especially those with kids, because I, I do, I know there are some people that listen that have kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a kick out of this. So my son is five years old, right? Five and a half. Mm-hmm. And he's at the point now where he sleeps in his own bed, in his own bedroom. We don't have an issue. We put him down. We go through our little nighttime bedtime routine, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we do, we normally we do like, we'll read him a book. And then we'll say prayers and we'll, you know, do the whole little routine. You know, he's got this like routine. He's like, he goes first, you know, mom goes second. The stuffed animals go third. Dad goes fourth. We have a routine. We, and I know where I rank in the pecking order. I'm right below the stuffed animals. So Mm -hmm. I go in, we do the routine. And then after we do prayers, turn the lights out, mom sings a song and then I leave and I usually get him like a drink of water or something. And after mom sings her lullabies, which is actually like three or four of them, but they're all real short. I come back and I sing my little lullaby to him, which is like a song that I grew up with in my childhood. So I sing to him and about a week and a half or two weeks ago, you know, mom had already gone to bed and I'm sitting there, I'm singing to him. It's just this serene moment he's crawled up in my lap he worked he snuggled up with me he's my little my little dude you know i love him to death and he leans into me and snuggles up close i finishing my song i kind of fall into the bed and it's just this blissful amazing moment of family time bonding father-son mm-hmm. bonding he leans in real close he goes daddy i say what's up son he goes 
Get out of my room. <laughs> I was like, what? Get out of my room? What? I was heartbroken. But like, I get it. I would also want somebody that's in my bed to get out of my bed so I can go to sleep. Fair. <laughs> you know what I was expecting? What? For him just, just to rip this long, loud fart. He does that without saying anything. He doesn't need to announce that. He just does that. But no, that's what I was expecting, was just yeah. that kind of relax and then just in the quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, but he just but leans that, in. Just as funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He leans in and just the most, like, just like the sweetest, most childlike, innocent tone. He just goes, get out of my room. <laughs> I was like, fine. And I stand up and I put him in his spot and I leave. He goes, wait, no, hugs and kisses. And I was like, but you told me to leave. So I'm leaving. So I'm leaving, right. And he's just like, I meant after hugs and kisses. I was like, oh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so sure. I was I was flabbergasted at the gall. You were gobsmacked. Yeah, I was. Anyway, all right. So I, I felt like I needed to tell this story. And I've got another good one from today, but I'm going to save that for maybe next week. I'm, I'm going to keep this to at most once a week. But I had to put that out there. That's funny. I thought you I thought you would enjoy that. So now, like I said, we want to thank Andrain. He won our tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, great, great, great finals match. Uh, if you didn't see it, well, we were live streaming it on Twitch, mm -hmm. and you should have seen it. It was cool. So, past that, we want to talk about our main segment today, which is uh, we're going to do a bit where we talk about cards that have been crept out versus cards that are still good in today's metagame. Mm -hmm. This is more for like some older players who played back in the day and came back and are like, what happened to these cards? Exactly. Because there's so, so, so many cards. Wait, this card's good now? Wait, this card's bad now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's so many cards that... A, a great example is somebody that played when they were just a little kid, 2003, 2004 really even as far in as like 2008 9 and even 10 even 2012 yeah somebody around that time may have seen a card like mirror force and said oh my goodness you have to play mirror force it's the so best good. card in the game it just wipes your opponent's board yeah but this day and age mirror force is pretty bad yeah listen listen they made four they've made like three they originally made uh so they have Mirror Force, and they made There's... Dark Mirror Force. Yeah, but that came out, like, not that much farther like, yeah. down the line. And then they came out with, like... Drowning, Quaking, and no, no, Storming. No, 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 no. It was another Mirror Force, and then the Elemental Mirror Force is... Oh, okay. I was unaware of the other in-between. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad even when it released. Okay, so there's Mirror Force, Dark Mirror Force... Some other one, which was just bad. And then okay. the, element, the four Elements ones, Quaking, Drowning blazing and forget the wind one i don't know that there is a wind storming one. quaking drowning storming and blazing okay yeah i guess there are yeah. four yeah no i think that would make sense that's all four yeah that's, that's all six that's all six attributes yeah i don't with, think there was another one in between there was one more but it was like mirror force launcher i think oh i have no idea which which was which I think is like you said, a mirror force. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. But we have the six. So you have the base two mirror forces with mirror force and dark mirror force, and then the four more elemental based ones. Mirror force launcher is an structure deck, uh, rocket revolt. There we go. That's way, 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 way later down. Yeah. The line. Oh, and then there's also a uh, mirror force dragon. Yeah, I guess that is technically a thing. Which but that's it? not what we're here to talk about. Yes. The point is, there are cards that... Oh, I guess it was in Cybernetic Horizons. That's... Okay. All right. Okay. It's it's not that new. Anyway. The point is, there are some cards that somebody that played the game in the... Say, the first half of the game's lifespan might remember as being a really good card... But it's just not for one reason or another. Whereas mm -hmm. there are other cards 
that they can remember from those times that not only still see meta play, but are some of the best cards in today's meta game. Or even funnier, a card that was just kind of meh back in the day, all of a sudden is like, what? Why is everybody running this? Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and really, there's a card that really like is the poster child of that. Mm-hmm. And it was so meh at the beginning that it was really cheap. And then it became so good that it is now one of the most controversial cards on the ban list and is still banned to this day, and that's Max C. Yeah. So Max C, a lot of people don't realize. They, there's there's two different kinds of like classifications of card in Yu-Gi-Oh! They're, they're the cards that they've come out and they're good. And as the game goes on, they get power crept and they get worse. Yeah. Then there are other cards that are fine and as the game go- moves on they just kind of get better for one reason or another mm-hmm. so a great example of that is max c max c I, is i like to call those kinds hidden ticking time bombs cards that you might see that have gotten better over the game's history would be things like dd crow that was a card that was like fine at the time but it's amazing now maximum cockroach Maxi, uh, baby. Maxi, as it's called, is also a card that is. It was just kind of fine at first. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of okay because special summoning wasn't like a prevalent thing. You would special summon at most like three times. Right. And as the game has sped up a ton, you really see a point now where Maxi is not just strong it warps the entirety of a game of an entire match really all right folks time for everyone's favorite game the maxi challenge will he take it honestly yeah and it's like you better kill if you do (laughs) yeah so let's start off with though that cards that no longer see you so the first place we're going to start with is some battle traps mirror force we mentioned Mm -hmm. but also sakuretsu armor and dimensional prison they all kind of fall in this category of Mm -hmm. cards that you don't see them anymore circa yeah. 2011 these cards were in every single deck list all of them i, I mean sakuretsu so armor less so once dimensional prison came out because dimensional prison is just sakuretsu armor but better in a sense yeah but sometimes it's really not that much better when sometimes you're banishing a card that they might just immediately turn around and get back using levy or the sea dragon yes so, so yeah. sometimes sakuretsu can even be better but the point is, you don't see these battle traps anymore that essentially, when your opponent attacks, it activates it, right? Yeah. So, I think the reason for this is, is that a lot of the times in today's metagame, you have a monsters that have ways of removal before a game gets into the battle phase. Oh, yeah. So, a good example would be the access code talker, right? Oh, yeah. Just just a normal person normal match where you're where your opponent's building into access code they might just go into nightmare phoenix pop a card nightmare unicorn bounce another one right removal is such a prevalent car prevalent thing these days that you really don't want to wait until the battle phase and then attack while your opponent still has set cards mm-hmm. e- even if you do something like special summoning dino wrestler pancratops and popping the back row. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to remove things that it really doesn't make any sense to run a card like Mirror Force or Sakuretsu or Dimensional Prison. So, I think the closest you might find to these kinds of things these days is something that turns into like a quick effect removal on your opponent's turn. Mm-hmm. And even then, you don't really see that as often. Yeah, something like Rokeki Breaker, Phoenix Wind Wind Blast, as examples. Uh, Most because your opponent can out them before they even present anything on the board. Right. Greedy easily. Or or even even, uh, present an out to it before you have the opportunity to properly utilize the card to out something that was actually important, rather than, well, I either use it or I lose it here and get rid of that. And then they just go, cool, whatever, I I I don't care, and just keep going. Yeah. Now... Next, we have effect negation traps, such as Fiendish Chain or Breakthrough Skill. So, for those that don't know, I have them both pulled up. Fiendish Chain says, activate this card by targeting one effect monster on the field. Negate the effects of that face-up monster while it is on the field. Also, that face-up monster cannot attack. When it is destroyed, destroy this card. 
and breakthrough skills says target one face-up monster your opponent controls. That face-up monster your opponent controls has its effects negated until the end of this turn. During your turn, except the turn this card was sent to the graveyard, you can banish this card from your graveyard, then target one face-up monster your opponent controls. That target has its effects negated until the end of this turn. So essentially, you get two two uses of it. Right, you get double usage of it. So yeah, um, I mean, of the two, Phoenix, both of them each have their advantages and disadvantages. Uh, the biggest one being that with uh, breakthrough skill. If your your opponent can't once it's activated, your opponent has to negate it to stop it. Right. If they don't negate it, it's going to resolve. Whereas with Phoenix Chain, if they have let's say an mystical space typhoon or a twin twister, pop it, it's no longer being applied. Right. Um, another thing to think about is that for breakthrough skill, if you activate something like just for the sake of ease, um, activate something like Card Trooper and mill it then it's still usable it's still usable so something to be conscious of but at the end of the day neither of these cards are run so let's think about why so kind of like what we said with mirror force and sakuratsu and deep prison is that there's a ton of removal inherently built into the game these days and you might say yeah but these can negate the effects of those removal monsters potentially but then they're still removing the threat off the board oh cool uh make nightmare phoenix effect to pop it cool negate well it's not a threat anymore to me i'll just continue on right now i can just take my nightmare phoenix and link it off into a nightmare unicorn into a nightmare unicorn right bounce a card oh cool your breakthrough skill did oh well make access code yeah and also these cards have been power crept to a point right Mm -hmm. Uh, when you have cards that are powerful removal options these days, even something like Dino Rest or not Dino Rest, even something like um, Paleozoic Dinomitius. Oh my god, such a good card. Also, you have things along the lines of Ice Dragon's Prison, the new Daruma Cannon. Uh-huh. These are all viable oh, options. Uh, uh, Terror of the Overroot. Yeah, Terrors from the Overroot. Yeah. yeah, these are all viable options of things that remove the issue immediately they don't just negate the effect and if you need to negate the effect a lot of times on your board you already have an inherent way to negate um, an effect you have some maybe a baron de fleur or you have an infinite impermanence things like that which are better ways to negate effects that aren't reliant on maybe getting one use and then your opponent destroying it and now your opponent's effect is now your card's effect is live again or something something else that we didn't mention that i think i should also mention is that is that there are is that also those is that those two in particular are are only uh viable going uh, on turn two of the duel so you have to go first to set too slow yeah way too slow compared to infinite impermanence which is basically the same thing but you can activate it from your hand too. Yes. And it also blanks a column if it's already set, but Yeah. Exactly. So the next card to talk about is Forbidden Lance. Now, Forbidden Lance is another one I have pulled up for those that don't know. It says target one face up monster on the field. Until the end of this turn, that target loses eight hundred attack, but it's unaffected by the effects of other spell traps. And this is a quick play spell card. So something to consider here is that for Forbidden lance specifically it doesn't see the play that you see from the other forbidden cards obviously forbidden droplet is very new so people still want to play that yeah, and then forbidden chalice being kind of a cheaper option if you can't afford something like forbidden droplet or right what have you so forbidden lance is a little bit different in that when this card was played it was really relevant to be able to make sure that your monsters stuck because um one monster effect getting off was so much more important at this time in that 2012 2011 time frame one monster effect resolving was infinitely more important than it is today oh not even just like like resolving a monster effect in some cases just getting a monster to stick on the board right and this slower game state that we see today or that we saw back then yeah you don't see that slower game state today so it's something like a forbidden lance let's say you're going second Mm -hmm. and you open your hand and you have a forbidden lance 
that card is completely useless until you get to your turn. Now, once you do get to your turn, your opponent has already established their board, probably set some back row, right? And they probably have a hand trap or two in their hand. So guess what? Their hand traps aren't bothered by Forbidden Lance. Because it only affects spell traps. Right. Now, at the time, however, when it came out, it'd be like, oh, your opponent's going first. They'll normal summon, let's just say, uh, what was the Gemini one? They That was random. Hero. Neos Alias. Yeah, normal summon Neos Alias, set to back row, pass. Right. So you go, normal summon monster. They flip, Gemini Spark. You need this monster to stick. Forbidden Lance is the perfect result. Mm-hmm. Because not only do they lose the Neos Alias... They don't destroy your card. Right. And they don't get to draw a card. Right. So it's it had so many applications in so many applications in the metagame. Oh, yeah. And then of course you could also always use it uh offensively, not just defensively. Absolutely. You could use it in the damage step to reduce your opponent's monster's attack by eight hundred and kill that monster. And sometimes that was like a worthy uses of a worthy use mm-hmm. of that card. Just like sometimes you'll use Forbidden Droplet for no other reason than to half the attack of your opponent's monster. Mm-hmm. Exact so, same thing. Yeah. But Forbidden Lance doesn't see play now because, like I said, let's say you start, you go, even if you go first, you the only time I could see this card being used today is if you run it exactly so that one of your cards doesn't get negated by Dark Roller No More. Uh, actually, you could do it with Dark Roller No More. Um, uh, you're opposing Forbidden Chalices, uh, Infinite Impermanence, and Forbidden Droplet if your opponent did not send a spell. Right. Now, if they did send a spell, you could still, like, activate a trap card, then chain Lance to the trap card. In theory, yes. And still protect it. Uh, protect one of your monsters. But those exact five situations, which may seem like a lot, but you also gotta remember, there's also Ash... Valor, any number of yeah of, hand traps. There's a lot yeah. there. There's a lot going on. It can also theoretically protect it from lightning storm. Okay, so there are theoretically board breakers that it could protect you from. Yeah. Yes, but it protects one monster. Right. I would rather run something like Solemn Judgment to just stop the whole card in, to begin with. Yeah, because a lot of times the board breakers in today's metagame are simply so impactful. That I would rather just stop the card altogether. Yeah, as opposed to just protecting one. Right, exactly. So, I would say that Lance at this point in time is just kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. So It's a cool card. It's got some yeah. niche uses, but not worth it. Next we have Gores the Emissary of Darkness and Tragodia. Now, I think that these are pretty much the same thing that you could say about the Battle Traps, but... For the sake of it, we will say Gores and Dragodia both are roughly the same thing. So Gores says if you have control no other cards on your field and you take battle or effect damage, mm-hmm. then for battle damage, you summon Gores and then you summon a token equal to the amount of damage you took. Mm-hmm. For effect damage, you summon Gores. You summon Gores and then you burn your opponent for that same amount of damage that you took. So to be burn me, I burn you back. Yeah. To be fair, that has exactly one hilarious use. What's that? Your opponent burns you uh, in time. You drop Gores and burn the back. That would be so, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Do you imagine siding Gores into game three, going into time when you're going second? Yeah. And then your opponent, like, combo, 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 burn, we go, burn, and then you're like, Gores? Burn you back? Could you imagine the gall? Yeah, yeah, just no. We're drawing. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, not. It's gonna be a draw. I'm not giving you this win, honestly. <laughs> Holy guacamole! So, Gores was actually so powerful at it one time that it was a limited card. Not only was that card limited, it actually it actually changed how players played the battle phase forever to this day. Yeah, you'll still see people do it. Where yeah. uh, where they all attack with the lowest attack point monster first, and always. then go in ascending order. Yeah. So. Trigodia was pretty close to the same thing. It was anytime you took battle or effect damage, you could summon Trigodia from your hand. And then Trigodia's attack is the attack is the 
number of cards in your hand times 600. So if you have four cards in your hand, he has 2,400, mm -hmm. five cards, 3,000, etc. So, but the reason you don't see these anymore is because most of the time, if I would rather run more impactful hand traps. Yeah. Again, things like Infinite Impermanence, Ash Blossom, Ghost Bell, Effect Veil, or whatever. I'd rather run those more impactful hand traps. It'd be like running. It'd be like running Karibo. Right. You're you're running cards for the worst, absolute worst case scenario, which means that you're planning on getting to that point, as opposed to just planning to not get to that point. Exactly. So. It's really, really preferred, for me anyway, to go ahead and go ahead and stop them before they get there mm -hmm. and not have to worry about when I get there, them timing their attacks individually, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I know, because it's... Yeah, then, of course, there's also that issue of, okay, attack, deduct life points. Gores? No. Attack, deduct life points. Gores? No. I mean, it was never an issue before. Yeah, but I, but I have literally seen but I have literally seen people go swing, and just <laughs> just that look and that pause, <laughs> where like the person's holding their breath, like please no course. Dude, I've done that more times than I can count. Edison really do be like that. Yep, just. <gasps> so the next card is Mystical Space Typhoon. Ooh, this card is strictly no longer sees play because it's been power crept. Yeah, there are two versions of it that are just better in every way. At least. There's actually several that are just better in every way, but there's two primary ones right now, and Twin Twister and Cosmic Cyclone. Yes. So, Cosmic none of, Cyclone. None of which negate. Yeah. Cos <laughs> Cosmic Cyclone says, pay 1,000 life points, banish one spell or trap card your opponent controls. It's MSD, but it banishes it. Right, and life points are... A resource, just like anything else. Only nope. the last one matters. Yep. Ask any Dynamorphia player. They'll tell you. And <laughs> Twin Twisters says, discard one card, destroy up to two Speller Trap cards your opponent controls. It's Twin Twister, but for... It's Twin Twister. It's Mystical Space Typhoon, but for two. Yes. So, actually, it's not even that your opponent controls. It's just two. Yeah. So, Twin Twister essentially says you can discard a card to pop two. Now... This is relevant in certain situations where, and they're all quick play spells. Yeah. So Cosmic would be better in certain matchups like Eldritch, where you want to cut them off of their resource engine early. Or right now, Cosmic is a little bit better because of Mystic Mine is a good card, but yeah. they'll sometimes Beat Cop from the Underworld would pull a counter on it, making it so it can't be destroyed. Oh, Beat Cop and Field Barrier. Yeah, so if for Beat Cop and Field Barrier, the Mystic Mine won't be able to be destroyed. You can still banish it. <clears throat> but you can still banish it. So that's the perk of Cosmic Cyclone is... <clears throat> Excuse you. Oh, thank you. It cuts you. It cuts your opponent off of the resource a little bit more firmly. Yeah. Even something like uh, Tier Limit Suliac, it won't go to the graveyard, so it won't mill or anything. Bingo. It just, it's, it's just gone. Right. Um, actually, in a lot of uh, older... Uh, Mystic my decks, it also prevented a magical stone excavation for getting it back. Yeah. If they're playing that kind of degeneracy. Yeah. Something else that is worth considering is Twin Twister. Now, Twin Twister comes in if a lot of times you have decks that are kind of perfectly okay with discarding a card. For example, it's really good in Sword Soul because you can discard the 10 E's and you're not really affected. Mm -hmm. Now, where it's really good is if you want to knock multiple cards from your opponent... And where I use this a lot was in the, let's see, I used it a lot in the Prank Kids matchup. Mm -hmm. That way you could hit like their their Prank Kids back row cards that they would set. Mm -hmm. uh, I love using it in the Fluanderese matchup. That way you can hit their Unexplored Winds and their Field Spell at the same time. And the other place that I really like using it was against the, oh gosh, I'm losing the name of that deck. It was a meta-relevant deck for a while. You could use it against Tri-Brigade 2 to pop the Revolt, but that yeah. wasn't quite as good. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's better against any uh, against most trap decks that aren't Eldlich. Yeah, and even then, it's fine against Eldlich. There was just there was another deck that would like search out one or two back row cards and mm -hmm. set... It's like a mid-rangey deck. And for the life of me, I've just completely uh, lost it. All... I'm just start spitballing Altergeist. 
No. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. no. <laughs> uh, maybe branded. Branded. That was it. Because you could pop the branded in red. Yes. That was exactly it. It was branded. Thank you. Yeah, so you could use against branded. So if you have a deck that has those specific back row cards that they search out that they need to get the timing and the interaction correct yeah. on. And then like they'll also set more than one card. Twin Twister is the better option there. Yeah, definitely. For sure. <clears throat> so next we have Honest. I feel like Honest kind of falls into the same vein of things as Gores and Dragodia and even the Battle Traps. Yeah, yeah. And that it, it's these a ba Battle Hand Traps just aren't as impactful because you don't want that monster just sit there because it's just sitting there waiting to be destroyed or popped. Oh, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, and then, like, even if it does go off, yeah, you're outing a monster. Well, to be fair, if you... With with Honest and by, and by extension Dishonest, as I like to call them, with Dark Honest... Yeah. Um, you they are, missed the ball. They, they definitely yeah. dropped the ball there. Uh, you are prevent basically letting yourself survive a turn, and I've seen some instances where it tur where it's turned into an OTK because they declared an attack. Yeah. Yeah, all they need is a monster with, more than, with uh, 8,000 attack points or more, and boom, it's hilarious. I've done it twice. <laughs> Once was on a video game. So, the next card on our list is Solemn Warning. Ah, uh, yes. The second and third member of the Solemn Brigade. Se second and third. Just the second member. Well, no, because it was, because the Solemn Brigade oh, was a set of okay, three cards. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 Judgment, yeah, yeah. warning, warning. Yeah, okay. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. So, Solemn Warning is... Strictly because it has been power crept for the most part by strike. Yes. Yeah, so nowadays you're not really necessarily looking to stop the summons themselves. And if you are, you're mainly looking to stop things, not necessarily things that are going to do a summon so much as things that are summons that are actively happening right now. So I'm more worried about you doing a synchro summon or a link summon than I am you doing a, um, than I am you doing like a, you know, activate e telly or activate yeah. monster reborn or rocket. Uh, what was the name of it? Bootsec? No, rocket. No, uh, quick launch. Quick launch. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept, We're helping each other out here yeah, today. I kept thinking boot sector launch, cause launch is still in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you look at it. Solemn Warning can negate the effects of cards that will special summon a card. But Solemn Strike lets you just negate the summon itself. So it'll let you yeah. negate, I hate to say this word, forgive me, judges, I know you're going to cringe, inherent summons. So mm -hmm. summons that do not start a chain. Things like Synchro Summons, Exceed Summons, um, Link Summons, all of that. Uh, it can also stop things like... A uh, Pendulum Summon. Yeah. Uh, Cyber Dragon, uh, Chaos Sorcerer, Black Luster Soldier, Envoy at the beginning. Yeah, so, okay, so a good way to know problem solving card text wise. Woo. When you look at the card and you read the effect and it says special summon this card from your hand. Now, if, if it says from your hand in parentheses, that means that the summon does not start a chain. That is a fantastic indicator. Yes. But for a good example of one that does start a chain is. The Tenyi monsters. Yes. So if you read the Tenyi monsters, they say when you, if you control no effect monsters, colon, boom, that colon right there indicates that it is a condition to activate an effect and that is a, it is an activated effect. Mm -hmm. So look for the colon as activation condition or the semicolon as cost. Those will indicate that it is an activated effect. Whereas if you look for the parentheses around from your hand. So like incredible Ecclesia, Ecclesia, the virtuous, that is a summon that does not start a chain. So you just, it just summons. It just happens. Now those summons are scarier because you just, you're not worried about something like quick launch, things like that. You have Ash Blossom or whatever to stop those, but solemn strike can still stop the summons that actually matter. Which mm -hmm. is the summons that don't start chains like synchros, exceeds, oh. and links. Great example. Uh, special summon Ecclesia Virtuous. Activate her effect. Boom. You got him. Yeah. So, Solemn Strike, you can stop her summon because the summon doesn't start a chain. Or you can stop her on the effect. Mm -hmm. Right there, it might actually be better to stop her on the effect 
Because that way they can only use that effect once per turn. Yes, because so that way if they... Yeah, cause like, let's say they have two in hand, they special one, you strike it, not on activation, but on summon. They just go, cool, normal summon, activate effect. Yes. So, Solemn Strike really is just a strictly better card because it hits, still hits the summons that matter, but it can also stop a monster effect from activating. So, that's why Solemn Warning is no longer seeing play. Mm -hmm. Solemn Judgment, though, we'll talk about in a minute. Still a good card. Oh, yeah. Pot of Avarice and Pot of Duality. Now, Pot of Duality has a bit of an asterisk because it's very, very played in a couple of decks. But which all are... of them cheat. Yeah. So, Fluandere's normal summons eight times a turn. Yeah. For them, for to <clears throat> Fluandere's, their normal summon is a special summon. Right. And Eldritch is an extremely slow control deck that barely counts as a deck. Yeah. Like, they they Because they'll Pot of Duality set five pass. Right. And then special summon on your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're not really worried about Pot of Duality. But um, Pot of Avarice is the main one I'd like to talk about here. And this, again, falls under the it's just too slow. Mm -hmm. Now, this, this is going to be a recurring theme. So Pot of Avarice is just... It's reliant on you filling up your graveyard with stuff and then drawing a couple of cards. Whereas well... I think we should specify exactly the activation conditions of, of these cards. I just realized. Okay, so Pot of Avarice is if you have f uh, five monsters in your graveyard, you send up, to f you send five of them back, and then draw shuffle, draw two cards. Yes. Uh, Pot of Duality, reveal the top three cards, add one to your hand, shuffle the other two back in. You can't splash them for the rest of the turn. Yes. Um, so the biggest issue with Pot of Avarice, however, being that you have to What have was the release order on those cards? Which one came out first? Uh, Avarice came out first. What set did Avarice release in? I don't know. Elemental Energy. Uh, all I know Early is... Early GX. All I know is I have I have a gold rare. And that's... Now at the time, was the highest rarity. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Ultimate rare has always been the highest rarity. It's just that we've never seen them in person because they're so expensive and outrageously yeah. difficult to find. Anyway. Anyway, that yeah. So, like, it requires you having five monsters in Grave. If you have five monsters in Grave, you're either probably about to win... Or probably about to lose. Yes. So this, the the two draws aren't going to help. Also, honestly, it's just it's a good thing to have monsters in your graveyard now. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, Cyber Dragon. This card's still playable in a Cyber Dragon deck, but yeah, it's like the worst card in the Cyber Dragon deck. Literally, like the like the best like the reason why Cyber Dragon players run Cyber Dragon now. At this point, as far as I know, is Normal Summon Cyber Dragon Core, I think it is. The one that's like 300, 300 attack points. There's and, a couple of them that are like that. Yeah. And then they just machine dupe it into two Cyber Dragons. Yes. And then overlay into Cyber Dragon Nova into Infinity. Or Nova, Effective Nova, Special Summon uh, another Cyber Dragon into Infinity. And beyond! Um... Yeah, but also Cyber Dragon's been power crap. Pank exists. Oh, Pank, yeah, Pankertops is better. And then now they're Pankertops. Shotry Fenrir. Yeah, has been power crap. I disagree. By. To be fair, there there is advantages and disadvantages to Shotry Fenrir over Pankertops. The biggest advantage though is that whenever it's summoned, you search for another copy of itself. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing that you really don't see play is some of the old extra deck utility monsters. So. We have Armory Arm. It got eroded, actually. Yeah. It's not as but, good. Well, it got eroded, then got eroded back. Yeah, it's been unerratted, but it's still not that good because yeah. it's just... It's been power crept. It's been power crept, yeah. There are better things to run. Maestro the Symphony Jin. So for those that don't know, Maestro the Symphony Jin yeah. is a generic rank 4 Xyz monster that says, once per turn, you can detach one Xyz material from this card, then target one face-up attack position monster your opponent controls, change it to face-down defense position. If a Dijin monster you control, or if a Jin monster you control would be destroyed, you can attach one, one material from that monster instead. Yeah, this card was awesome, but it's to be power fair. Prepped. To be fair, the only other rank fours at that time that I can remember at the time was Utopia, and I think Gem Knight Pearl. Yeah, but to be fair, if I have two level four monsters on the field and I want to like do something with them, I'd rather make Abyss Dweller these days. Yeah, nowadays, you got Abyss Dweller, if they're both water, Bahamut. Yeah, and then that leads you into a negate. Yeah, <clears throat> Bahamut Shark, or or even funnier, if you have Gozen Match set, you can also just make um, Stealth Kragen. 
Okay, new pop quiz. Which came out first, Maestro the Symphony Gen or Abyss Dweller? Maestro. You think so? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Maestro was part of the second uh, uh, XZ structure deck, and then that came out during, and then I know Abyss Dweller came out during the water set, which was after the second structure deck. Maestro the Symphony Gen came out on April 17th mm -hmm. of 2012. Abyss Dweller released on November. 9th of 2012 that's good you got it right mm -hmm. good okay so but yes there are just better things to run i would rather even just link two into a nightmare phoenix yes your generic your generic two material cards are just better oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah so um castell the sky blaster musketeer falls under the same thing i'd rather do two into a nightmare phoenix and then just you know. be f or Nightmare Cerberus uh, for yeah. monsters. However, there is exactly one instance where Castiel is better. Yes. Any monster that can't be destroyed. I was going to say exactly uh, Infinite or uh, Megaclops. Yeah, because you can just spin it back. <laughs> yeah, because it can be out of effect. It, it, it's, it's an Xyz monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, literally any monster that can't just normally be destroyed, it's actually a great way to out it. Yeah. The issue is that a lot of monsters that can't be destroyed also can't be targeted. Yeah. Which then kind of yeah. defeats the point. But um, still usable. Yeah. It's just there's a lot better things to run. I have Diamond Direwolf and Exiton Knight here. Same thing. Um, I would rather just run Divine Arsenal AA Zeus. Yes. Um, it does what they do, but infinitely better, and it yeah. stays on the field. Yeah, Diamond Dire is detach one, then you target a monster on your opponent's field, and a beast, beast, where a winged beast on your field, and destroy them both. I think it's just a beast. No, it's it's it's, it's one of the tri-types. Is it real? Is it the first one that was a tri-type? No. Oh. Tri-type it was had has been a thing for a long while. Really? They just didn't really do anything with it beast beast warrior and winged beast as a combination has been a thing oh but like all the previous cards all were terrible okay and diamond dire was their attempt at making it playable but diamond dire was only ever used in like fire fist pretty much because they were all beast warriors i know it was a good rank four monster yeah yeah because you could even it was one for one removal yeah it was generic and then you could just attach target itself and one of your opponent's monsters it wasn't a monster i think it was a card it might have been a card. I, yeah. I don't fully remember. All uh, the only time I used it was to pop my Barong in one of their monsters. Yeah. Next you have Guy 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 Cowboy. <laughs> With an asterisk. Yeah. So this card did not see meta of relevant play until right now where rank fours are really good and uh, the time rules are really bad. Back in the day... um. So basically, what would, there was actually a very short stint of time where people noticed that they were ending with with like two level fours on board and their opponent having under 800 life points. Or like, this is perfect. Because they would go swing, swing. Their opponent has under 800. Cowboy. Yeah. That's where the phrase cowboy for game came from. So, um, but now cowboy for game means going to time and then burning your opponent. Yep. All right, so... We have a couple of cards that have actually stood the test of time. Yes, that we've are been, still good to this day. Yeah, we've been very negative about... We've been very negative about a lot of these cards, but some of them are still really mm -hmm. good and really relevant. So, first example I have is Forbidden Chalice. Ooh, still, still a good card. So, there's some really key differences between Forbidden Chalice and Forbidden Lance that mm -hmm. you should realize. The, the main one is Forbidden Chalice negates effects mm -hmm. which is much better it can work as active one for one removal on your on like if you're going second so it yeah, can it, be good yeah oh yeah no it's it's really good it, it's good going second it's good it's it's best going first yes but it's also not a dead draw going second um not only that you could I wouldn't even necessarily say it's better going first i think it's better going second maybe huh well, if you're going first, you can use it to even stop them from making the thing that you're going to negate going second. Anyway. It's also really good in formats where there's hand traps that summon themselves. Yes. So, uh, examples, or think monsters that summon themselves and get effects when summoned. So, examples are, at the Sight. beginning of this year, yeah, at the beginning of this year, the most prevalent thing was, you you had Sword Soul and a lot of decks running Token Collector for Sword Soul. Token Collector. So Forbidden <laughs> Chalice was awesome because you could stop the Token Collector. 
but also it was really good because if your opponent went first and they went to scythe lock you then when they summon scythe and activate scythe scythe's effect on field to lock you you can chalice them there yep so it really had some very good applications also some also a funny thing you can still do with that card is a battle trick yeah a battle trick because whatever uh whatever whatever it whoever whatever monsters affect it negates it also gives an extra 400 attack right um the funniest thing i've ever done with that card actually was i summoned a photon thrasher i think it is the one that you can uh special summon sure yeah then it can't attack yeah negate its effect given that make it made it a 2500 swing yeah yeah <laughs> it works so now we have effect veiler effect veiler is a really weird one because there is a power creep version of it in infinite impermanence mm -hmm. but a lot of decks just play them both because as it turns out negating an opponent's monster's effect from your hand is really really good oh yeah and then like even if you're going sec even if you're going uh first you can still just set it yeah and it just gets even better yeah absolutely um next we have solemn judgment so being able to just say no to a spell or trap or even a normal summon is pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, Solemn Judgment in general is such an odd card because it feels like it shouldn't be that good because it's really only good going first mm -hmm. or unless you're Eldritch and you can use it going first or second. But in yeah. general, it's really only good going first. But as a whole, it's just so powerful at stopping your opponent's board breakers that it's really a great card regardless because there are so many board breakers going around that it's just necessary to stop them man does it feel good to go f to like go full ham and your opponent just like set like you start going your opponent just sets their hand down and just watches you going uh-huh yeah uh-huh and then like get your board set up they smile pick up their hand they're like oh set one pass oh darker Dark lord no more judgment <laughs> amazing all right the next card we have here is dd crow this oh. card has gotten so much better over the years in both old formats and new dude if you play edison right now you almost have to be playing dd crow because people have realized that even in edison format the graveyard is crazy as a resource oh yeah uh, foolish burial a uh um, plague spreader yeah plague spreader globe bulb or nope nope globe bulb's not in the format yet Oh, it isn't, yes. You get what I'm saying, though. Full, yeah, yeah, I get it. Foolish Parallel Revival, crow it. It's yeah. gone. Problem solved. Even Ronin Toten at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, and then in today's day and age, obviously it's crazy because of how much the graveyard is used as a resource. So, just I just mean, an insane card all around. Even just like two years, like a year or two ago, whenever it was uh, Drytron. Yeah. DD Crow and the uh, Benson when they tribute it for Alpha. Yes, absolutely. Um, next we have Instant Fusion. Instant Fusion, as it turns out, the more and more that they release level five and lower fusion monsters with that better, are good. And with better and better effects. Yeah, so uh, it's really good because you can cheat out a Millenniumizer Strict to get hand trap protection, or you can do something like, I don't know, Tier Elements Kit Kalos is a pretty good card that you can just summon. That's mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Oh yeah, man! I, I remember back in back in the day, circa 2013, when I was playing a uh, original Medolce, I would use that to pull to bring out a Fusionist as an extra level level three Earth, or a Carbonala Warrior for a level four Earth. Yeah. Um, Book of Moon. Ooh. Turns out it's really good because if you flip down your opponent's monsters, they can't use them for Synchro Exceeds or Link Summons. There is one exception to the Link Summon, though. Wait, is there one? Oh, the Ghost Rick Link Ghost one. Ghost Rick Festival. You can use a face down Ghost Rick as material, which is hilarious. Um, enemy controller as things get stronger and stronger, and tributing off a monster to steal an opponent's monster turns out is not that bad because it just puts your monster in the graveyard as a resource, and on top of that, a lot of times it can either proc an effect for you or it can just shut off your opponent's turn it's actually really cool how mm -hmm. you how you utilizable yeah you, how much utility the card has yes oh, oh yeah no just like your opponent normal summons a monster activates effect special summon the second monster so that way they can overlay into an exceeds or link to and you're just like 
Yeah, that effect's good. Chain tribute, steal the first monster. Yeah. Got an extender? You better. Yeah. Or it can even be used to break an opponent's board. Something like, something that's crazy is, if your opponent ends their board, oh, this is, you're going to love this. Let's say it's a sprite mirror match, okay? I go sprite starter, mm -hmm. special sprite blue. Activate effective sprite blue. My opponent chains, say, effect veiler. Just mm -hmm. a, a card. Chain enemy controller. Steal one of their, steal one of tribute, theirs. Tribute, steal their sprite elf. Yeah, tribute the blue, steal the elf, blue still resolves. And now you have an elf, too. And you have their elf. Amazing. Yep. Uh, it's got it's got a lot of utility in instances like that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, the rare, incredibly rare instances where just switching one of your opponent's monster defense mode helps. Yeah. Incredibly rare. It can come up. Um, Imperial Order. This is so funny. This is a card. It's funny. Hilarious story. That stood the test of time so well that it came back with an errata, it, making it, it worse. It got nerfed. And then still was so good that it got banned again. That is a crazy thought. Konami be like, yeah, we fixed it. It's perfectly balanced now. It was not perfectly balanced now. Yeah. Uh, Harpy's Feather Duster. This card came off the ban list, and as it turns out, it's still really good. Mm -hmm. Not so good as to just immediately shut everything off like uh, Imperial Order, but still, good card. Yeah. Um, and the last one that I have here is Dino Wrestler Pankratops. I would like to make an argument that Dino Wrestler Pankratops is still not power crept, even though we have seen Kshatri Fenrir and uh, Alpha Master Beasts. Okay, so the thing about... Hand me the top card of that pile right there. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a Fenrir. Yeah, yeah. I just happen to have a Fenrir sitting there on my desk if Caleb can reach it. Yep, okay. So, Kshatri Fenrir says, uh, If you control no monsters, you can special summon this card from your hand. You can only use each of the following effects of Kshatri Fenrir once per turn. During your main phase, you can add one Kshatri Fenrir monster from your deck to your hand. When this card declares an attack, or if your opponent activates a monster effect, except during the damage step, you can target one face-up card your opponent controls, banish it face down. Yes. This card is, like, fine. So, the biggest thing about it is that, yes, it does banish it face down. But it has to act, but your opponent's monster activate an effect, or Fenrir declare an attack. Compared to Pankratops, which is just, quick effect, tribute it, pop a card. Yes. Pankratops is strictly a better card. And then... The funny thing with with uh, Alpha, though, is you can summon it, effect bounce another card, and keep it. Even funnier. Okay. Effect Summon it, effect bounce itself back, summon it again. Yeah. Which is funny. You can do that. Can't bounce a second time, but... I think Kshatri Fenrir is fine because it represents... One form of interruption, which is fine, but it's really slow. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing about it, though, is the fact that it can search another copy of itself. Yeah, and I get it, right? That's, that's in theory, that's crazy. But that one extra copy of itself is really slow. You can't, I don't think you're going to be able to summon it this turn. Well, let me ask you something. Okay, well, okay, well the summon is only once per turn. So, in theory, if you clear the Fenrir from your field and then also have no other monsters on your field, you can summon it again. Uh, but, I mean, so, okay, so, like, I think part of it, though, is, like, let's say you're going second, your opponent has their board established. Let's say it is the classic Chi Zhao Barone board, right? Sure. Oh. Your opponent special summons it. So, I summons a Fenrir. You can't add... Yeah, you're, both your negates are gone. On special. Both your negates are just gone. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that Pank is power crept yet. I think Fenrir is a cool, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. utilizable card, but I do not think it's a mandatory three of in every deck. I, I no. really don't. And I know that's crazy to some people. Um, if Now, if Sword Soul was the deck to beat in the room, I could see a situation like that. Well, any deck where they're more focused on having like one or two interruptions, maybe three at most, because then that one Fenrir just eliminates both of the monsters. Yeah. Both the interruptions, um, as opposed to Pangertops, which can only interrupt one. Yeah. All right. Let's do some mailbag questions really quickly. Yeah. All right. So, 
Uh, what is the next YCS or regional you're planning on going to next? We're going to try to go to the Fort Worth regional in early December. Past that, YCS-wise... No idea. I personally would like to go to YCS Las Vegas in uh, February, but I doubt I'm going to be able to make it to that one. It's my son's birthday weekend, and yeah. I don't know if we're doing a party yet for him that weekend or not. We're going to see, but we're going to try to make it to one early next year, maybe March. Hopefully. Hopefully there will be a YCS Dallas. That would be really nice. Uh, which build were you rooting for to do well in the Invitational Tournament? Honestly, I'm a big fan of Black Wings. Listen, when I heard that somebody was wearing Black Wings, I was like, I'm rooting for you, buddy. But I will admit, I was really, really enjoying watching the Dragon Link deck because mm -hmm. I'm new to seeing the Bestial Dragon Link, and I thought it was a mm -hmm. really cool deck. I'm oh. really happy to see that do as well as it did. Oh, I yeah, know. That, that was a really, really cool deck. Yeah. Um, what are the future decks you want to build? I just want to build Magic and Edison stuff right now. I, uh, I don't really want to build Ishizu tier, and I don't see anything out past that that really interests me. Right now, I'm just focused on beating Ishizu tier. Yeah, that that's about where I'm at. Um, I'm still kind of debating between Marincess and uh, Labyrinth. I'm leaning toward Labyrinth more, though, because they're, they're getting another card in the yeah. next set. So I'm like, kind of on the fence. Uh, and primarily with the Marincess is because they can make an Abyss, uh, the, the Abyss Dweller and then fully abuse the Abyss Dweller. Yeah. You know, because they're all water, so blah, blah, blah. Okay, next question. Do you know the Muffin Man? Yes, it's Caleb. Next, favorite Halloween. How am I the Muffin Man? Because <laughs> you got that little pudge. Fair. Fair. What's your favorite Halloween movie? I know mine. It's Ernest Scared Stupid. Solid one. Um... I'm really, f I was actually, I, I am really fond of the original uh, uh, Hocus Pocus, but I, this year, I actually watched Hocus Pocus 2. Good movie. Okay, Good cool. movie. If you had the power to do the ban list, what cards would you ban? I'm well documented saying this, but Harpy's Featherstorm, Dimensional Barrier, um, Eradicator Epidemic Virus. Uh, Mystic I would, Mind. I would ban Mystic Mind for sure. Artifact Sight. Um, and honestly, that's just the start. Maybe call by the grave too. Uh, what do you think is Luffy's real dream? I think he's been well established in saying that he's going to be fair. It's not a dream. If you're just stating it as fact. Okay. Caleb that is not caught up. He I does not. not understand what you're meaning, what you're meaning, but I do have a point there. Do no, I not? actually, no, no, you've seen it. So, do you remember the part where Luffy and S Luffy and his brothers, I don't know if everybody yeah. is caught up, yeah. are like toasting and they all say their dreams. Yes. And, and Luffy says his dream and they all look they both look at yeah. him shocked. Yeah, because he because he doesn't actually say it, it's just right and you don't hear it. Yeah. That has happened again later. Mm -hmm. And it is now implied that his dream is no longer to be the Pirate King. It's something else much grander. Uh -huh. But he has to be the Pirate King to get that dream. Fair enough. Okay. To be fair, though. I think I it's I think it's to unite the world. Am I wrong in saying that it is not a dream if he is just stating it as a fact? Yeah, that's the point. So, like, being the Pirate King is not really his dream. Yeah, it's a stepping stone to achieving his dream. Yeah. But, well, that's what Which I'm saying. Which is awesome. Yeah, but I was saying, like, even if his dream was to be the King of the Pirates, it... He never says, my dream is to be King of the Pirates. I hope to be King of the Pirates. He says, I will be. Yeah. It's not a dream. It's just a fact. <laughs> Why does Konami hate the TCG players? Because we're all big whiny babies that complain about literally everything they do to the point of, honestly, to the point of abuse. Very possibly. Uh, what are some popular hand traps for this upcoming format? Silent Graveyard. I keep saying Silent Graveyard. I cannot say Silent Graveyard enough. Um, yeah. Silent Graveyard. It's not really a hand trap, though. DD Crow, Called by the Grave, all of the Bistio <clears throat> cards. Is Regeki better than Lightning Storm? Mm, maybe sometimes in certain situations. Uh, I can think of exactly one situation, and that's if you already have an established board. Yes. But you need to clear out your opponents to go in for the kill. Top decking turn three is so much better. Mm-hmm. So, all right, 
that will do it that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode of the top cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast again a huge thank you to all of our patrons obviously so if you're interested in supporting us on patreon and hearing your name read out on the podcast within reason we will not read names that we think are towing the line of not acceptable be aware of that we were we reserve the right to refuse names but if you are interested in that and you want to go that extra mile support the podcast get some merch by joining our patron too which is also cool with the whole you know we reserve the right we will inform you yeah we usually send a message yeah beforehand so, yeah but regardless if you want to go that extra 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 mile and support the podcast you can always go ahead and join our patreon down below you can also go ahead and do the uh the affiliate links that supports us a, a huge amount so you're more than welcome to do that also and of course without a doubt you can also uh, the simplest way and the cheapest way to support the podcast is to go ahead and share it with your friends or you know just you know leave us a like or a subscribe to our youtube channel which we are really needing people to subscribe to because we would really like to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year and we're around like 300 350 yeah. which on youtube is like nothing and we know that we have the listeners to do this. We know that people enjoy the podcast and listen to the podcast a lot on Spotify and iTunes. Mm -hmm. So, like, I get it if you don't really watch it on YouTube. But if you could just go subscribe really quick, that would be swell. Also, you can see some of our really funny shorts and deck mm -hmm. profiles that we do. We do other things on our YouTube besides just the podcast. But yeah, yeah. And the podcast is not just audio on YouTube anymore now. It's a full yes, video full production. Video, so you can yeah. see how i talk with my hands which he does a lot so be sure to check out our sponsors check out our patreon check out our youtube page uh check out our discord server all of that twitter everything all those wonderful things um be sure to there was something else what am i forgetting caleb uh, i mean it sounds like you got already got everything be sure to leave a comment down below on wherever you are and tell Caleb how great of a day he's having today. Look, look, he looks wonderful. He's just, he looks like a happy person. Okay. <laughs> hey, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, happy late Halloween, by the way. Yes. And until next time, have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.